You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. So turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 19, please. Acts chapter 19. Is Ross here? I think I saw him. Dude, yes, you're out of the hospital. Praise Jesus. Yes, Acts 19. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said to them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not heard so much whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said to them, Unto what were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then Paul said, then, then said Paul, oh, you King James Version. Then, Paul, then said Paul, John verily I baptize, then John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Next week when you're baptized, you're going to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. This is, that's, that's why we do that. Baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with other tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers and hardened and believed not, but spake evil, That way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily. And this continued for the space of two years. And all that dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, that the word that's going forth today, God, is from you. Lord, and I thank you, Father, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Christ is upon your people today, God, that they leave forever changed, greater than what they came in today, God. And I thank you, Lord, that the word is piercing, God, piercing the hearts and minds of your people today in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So we just read that Paul traveled to Ephesus. He met 12 disciples who had never even heard about the Holy Ghost, right? They hadn't heard about the Holy Ghost. They weren't even baptized in Jesus' name. The only baptism that they knew was, was uh, the baptism of repentance, which was from John. So uh, after, after they were baptized, he laid hands on them. They, they spoke in tongues. They were filled with Holy Ghost. Then, uh, then their journey started. He stayed in Asia Minor uh, for putting the scriptures together like two years and three months, um, and then... Uh, and then, then the word says that everyone there heard the word of God, 
right? So at first, every, everybody's like in chaos, disputing it. They don't like what's going on. They don't, because all that they know is the previous. So they don't understand what's going on. They don't want the change. They don't understand what's happening. But the word of God is preached and taught. So verse uh, 10, I mean, uh, um, Paul's teachings and preachings are so powerful that the faith of the people grew so much that in verse 11, we just read that, that God was able to, uh, to, to use Paul to do all these miracles, all the miracles and things. And in verse 12, it says, so that from his body, from Paul's body, were also brought sick to the sick, handkerchiefs and aprons, and the disease departed from them, and the evil spirits even went out of them. So just with the word of God, faith increased, okay? And we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you've been here for two services, you know that scripture. (laughs) Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, amen. So because Paul faithfully taught the word, even against dispute and even against negative comments and even against what was coming back at him, the rebuttals, the mindsets change, the things shifted, right? Faith rose up in them so that things were able to be changed just by the garment that was on him. Their faith was so much so that they didn't even believe that he even had to touch them. It was just the garments that he had. Faith, Faith is brought by the word of God and hearing by the word of God. It gave God the avenue that he needed to release the miracles in their midst, right? How many of you know that faith is not moved? I mean, God is not moved by a need in your life. We get confused a lot of times and believe that, that just because we're hungry or just because our bank account looks empty or just because the things aren't going the way that we planned, that God is going to step in and move on our behalf. Faith moves God. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. So if it is impossible to please him without faith, how in the world is a need? God doesn't understand lack. He doesn't understand it. So whenever we are complaining to him about lack in our life, he's like, what? That's not what I designed you to live in. So this is foreign to me. I don't know what you're talking about. When you're complaining to him about sickness, he says, I, I, this is foreign to me. I, you weren't designed to live in that. So I don't know, I don't know, I mean, I can't do anything, right? So we have to use faith to be able to get God to move. He's not moved by needs. Hebrews eleven six. but without faith, it is impossible to please him, God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? We don't even, it's not even enough that we believe. We have to believe further than belief that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if we are not diligently seeking him, then how can we have an expectation? Amen? Without faith, it is impossible He's not moved by needs. We have to get a grasp of that concept. If, he, if God was moved by a need in our life, then we wouldn't have starving children in third world countries. We serve a good God. That's why when people say, I don't understand why God's allowing this to happen, they've got, they have a wrong mindset. The church has not taught that you have to have faith for God to move. It's not a need that causes God to react. 
Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Matthew 9, 27 and 29 through 29, it says, and when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him crying and saying, thou son of David, have mercy on us. And he was come into the house and the blind men came in with him. And Jesus said unto them, believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes stayed closed. Everybody cocked their head up to me real quick. No, their eyes opened. Because according to their faith, Jesus himself is even saying, look, buddy, I can't do nothing for you if you don't have the faith. I'm not even going to waste my time if you don't have the faith. He says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? The blind men are following him into a house. I picture it like this. Jesus is walking in like to close the door and he's like, oh, you're still here. Okay. What? I mean, what, what's going on? What do you need? Right? So that showed right there that there was faith like the woman with the issue of blood following him through the crowd. If I could only touch the hem of his garment. Faith is what makes us whole. What did he tell her? Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. He didn't say crawling on the ground healed you. No, your faith has healed you. The inner faith that you have has healed you. Jesus himself can't do it for you. He just told them, I, do you believe it? Is this something that you're going to believe? Whenever I pray for somebody, almost every time, there have been occasionally times where I did not do that. If they were unresponsive or or weren't able to or something I've prayed for people like that but most of the time if I'm praying for somebody I'll say now listen where is your faith level at where is your faith level at because what we get confused about faith is this is way off none of this is down but this is what God wants you to hear I'm telling you this so what happens whenever we begin to pray for people is our faith isn't matching up because they're believing God for a simple surgery to heal it and we're believing God for it to dissolve and die and, and dry up, right? So if their faith level is not at the same faith level as ours, then we've got to get on their faith level because we're two or more agreed. Agreed. You may not even realize that you're not agreeing with their faith. Amen. So when we are coming together, before I pray for somebody, I always say, hey, listen, where's your faith level at? Theirs may be higher than mine. And I may have to be like, listen, if you want me to agree with you, come down a little bit, bro. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're like, I want it to dry up. And I'm like, listen, I ain't never seen that. <laughs> I'll, I'll agree with surgery. No, but I mean, wherever the faith level is of the two that are agreeing in prayer, not one is more powerful than the other. I'm not saying that. Don't, get that. don't get that message today. What I'm saying is there is a faith level. There's different levels of faith. Scripture talks about it. There's different levels of faith. And if faith could not grow, then we wouldn't have a way to make it grow by, by hearing the word of God, right? All right. Now that we're on the same page there. Notice this. Before he even touches their eyes, Jesus says, do you believe that this can happen? Do you believe that I can heal you? Do you believe that what is about to take place is for real in your life? And they say, yes, Lord. Yes, it is. I believe it. I'll receive it. I can do it. Everything that we receive from God starts with the ability to believe. 
everything that we receive or that we don't receive from God starts with the ability to believe. Where is your faith level? Then Jesus says, okay, since you've got faith in me, let's do this. Let's do this. Receive your sight. Suppose that they had said, scripture does not say this, but suppose that they had said, I'm a little bit iffy, not real sure what's going to happen when you lay your hands on me. What do you think Jesus would have said? Well, I believe that he probably would have said, well, I mean, I've given you everything that I've got. Come back when you're ready. It's a waste of his time. It really is. It sounds inconsiderate to say that. Don't shoot me. But it's, it's a waste of time if there's not faith involved. Okay? Amen. Everybody got quiet when I said that. Don't glare at me anymore. <laughs> Our faith plays the determining role in what we receive or what we don't receive from God. The more of the word of God that we have inside us and through us, the more faith is able to grow inside us and through us. Amen? Hallelujah. So that Paul's body, from Paul's body, were brought unto the sick, handkerchiefs and aprons and diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Paul's about Paul. Uh, that is Acts 19. Mm-hmm. Look at verse 13, still in Acts 19. We're not going to be long today. I want to leave time to, we're going to pray together. Okay? Amen. I want to give you some information and then we're going to pray. Look at verse 13. The, the certain vagabond, the certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists took upon them took upon them to call over which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus saying we adjure you by the by Jesus whom Paul preacheth and there were seven sons of Siva a Jew and a chief of the priests which did so and the evil spirits answered him saying Jesus I know and Paul I know but who are you what was wrong they were doing what they had seen done. They were, they, were, they were reacting in the way that they had seen them react. And, the, and, and, and in the name of Jesus should work. All of these things that, that, are, that they've seen, that they're, that they're watching all these people, and then, the, and then the demon is mocking them. <laughs> but I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but I don't know you. Listen, I'm, I don't get mad at me when I say this either. <laughs> don't throw anything this time. But even using the name of Jesus without faith. Even using the name of Jesus. The name above every name. We know that. The name above sickness. The name above disease. The name above poverty. The name above depression. We know that. But the name of Jesus without faith isn't going to work. It's not going to be effective in your life. I know several people that spell their name J-E-S-U-S, but I don't have any faith in that name. I know some Jesuses. I know a guy that goes by Jesus. 
but I don't have faith in that Jesus or that Jesus. But when I use the all-powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, behind faith, things start changing. It's not the name of Jesus that causes things to change. It's faith in the name of Jesus that causes things to change in your life. Amen. Just because we use the name of Jesus doesn't mean things will change. The faith that we have, using our authority, using the the name with faith behind it for every situation will change. Even in 2 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 12, it was talking about Paul's thorn in the flesh in the side and, and, and the apostle Paul is saying three times crying out to the Lord. And then he's, the Lord's answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. He's saying, dude, I'm with you. I got your back, but use, use what I gave you. Use it. Use it. You have the authority. I've given you everything that you, that you need to take on this. Right? How many times in our situation is God saying the same thing to us? Not that he doesn't care because he wants things changed in your life or he wouldn't have given us away but he's saying use it use it use it use it when I teach my children something and and then and then they're they're like they go into the same place and they they don't understand they don't remember or they don't they don't know or they act like they they forgot I'm like I told you how to do this last week like that's what I'm saying on the inside you know I'm like I told you this already and you know how to do this you push the button on the laundry on the washing machine. You just you boop. You just push it. Right? I can imagine if I was God, I'd be like, "Listen. He just said it last week at church. Push it. Boop. Come on. I can't say that word in church. No, I'm just kidding. he's saying my grace is sufficient my strength is made perfect in your weakness the things that you're going through you don't have to do it you don't have to do it let faith rise up in you get in the word let faith become everything to you so that whenever you speak things it changes agree with people Use the faith that God has given you. The Bible says that every man is given a measure, but it's up to us to grow it. When you're born again, you're given a measure of faith. There's a measure. Not everybody has the same. Everybody's given the same. And what you do it is, is up to you. Amen. I love this. Paul was recognized in the same breath as Jesus. What this tells me is that the enemy, the demon, really didn't have a distinction of Paul and Jesus, the the separation of the two. The same breath. Paul, I know. I mean, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? In this place, I know that we're all full of faith. I'm telling you to do this for your friends, okay? This isn't necessarily for you. This is for you to go out and tell everybody else. We're full of faith. This is the river. 
And we all love and have a relationship with Jesus. So I can imagine in that day if this happened, the enemy, uh, the, the demon would say, now listen, Jesus I know and Dean I know, but who are you? He'd say, listen, Jesus I know, Mason I know, but who are you? Do you want to be recognized in the same breath as Jesus? Jesus, I know. Brandon, Lindsay, Parrish, I know. But who are you? You don't have the authority that they do. There's something different. There's a distinction that I can touch. There's something that I can recognize. And the distinction and the, the missing link is faith. Faith is important in our lives. super super important to have a relationship you have a relationship with him and he's living inside of you and since he's living inside of you does he want you sick does he want you depressed does he want you in a negative place does he want you uh, uh, fighting with your spouse every day Does he want you drowning your sorrows in drugs and alcohol? Does he want any of these things for you? No, because he's, you are his dwelling place. If you want out, God wants you out. If you want to be well, God wants you well abundantly above all that you could ask or think. A sad misconception in the believers today, and I've heard it so many times that it almost makes me nauseous, that God teaches us lessons through these, through these things. Through sickness, God is teaching us something. Or through poverty, God is teaching us something. Or through fighting with my best friend, God's teaching me something, a lie. Come on, you ought to tell two people, that's a lie. Tell two more people, that's a lie. Come on, yell it to one more, that's a lie. <laughs> the enemy's sneaky. It's a sad misconception. Listen to this. This is a story that I found that I thought was pretty interesting. I had, I did, I'm not a sports fan, so I did not know that this happened. But in research, I found this. During a press conference in 1991, the venue was the Forum in Los Angeles, and it hosted one of the greatest NBA teams of all times, the Los Angeles Lakers, who were simply known as Showtime. Magic Johnson stood in a room full of reporters and announced his retirement from the game because he had the HIV virus. Statistically, at that time, Magic and Larry Bird were two of the most visible and greatest faces of the NBA because they had entered the league together in 1976 and even faced each other in national championships. But during the press conference, and you, you can pull it up on YouTube, during the press conference, the statement was made that, um, that Magic said, that God had given him the HIV virus to teach him and young people. Let me see who all's in here. Okay, him and young people not to have um, 
sexual intercourse without marriage. Do I believe that Magic Johnson loved Jesus? Yeah, because whenever I read, whenever I went back to read his bio, he, he loved God. He went to church. He was, you know, his, his grandparents were uh, inv- very involved in their church. I think they were elders or deacons or something. And so all of these things, he grew up in that. There's so many that are bound with that lie that God wants to teach you something. Now listen, I don't know about you, but I don't serve a bipolar God that puts you in a situation and then makes a way out for you. Are you hearing me? Can I say that? I don't serve a God who is bipolar that hates me one minute, but then loves me and send his son the next. I don't serve a God like that. And if you do, we can change that today. Because I believe the God that our God loves you He's for you, he's never against you, and he wants the best for you always. Amen. The sad thing is that believers believe that, and they believe that God wants to see you in punishment, wants to see you punished, wants to see you uh, in the negative places to teach you a lesson. It's one, of, In my opinion, it's one of the strongest ungodly lies that's in the church. It's odd that Christians who say that they love God hold on to a lie like that when it clearly goes against Scripture. It clearly goes against what Scripture says, what Scripture wants in your life. We teach our children that no matter what's going on, that God is good. It doesn't matter what the situation looks like. We make a strong point to teach our children. It doesn't matter if you're sick. It doesn't matter if you're vomiting your guts up. God loves you. He didn't cause that for you because there is such a strong belief in some churches that believe that. But people like to point to God's relationship in the Old Testament. But what they don't understand is that we're not in the Old Testament. We have a new covenant, a better covenant, the word says, established on better promises. I, I didn't just make that up. It's in Scripture. God reconciled the world and created a new covenant established on better promises for me and you. Listen, men and women in the old covenant died still believing for the promise, but we are fortunate enough to live in the promise and everything that Jesus came to give us and sickness and poverty and disease are not any of those things. We live in the promise, in what Jesus did, in the finished work of our Savior. Everything that Jesus did for us, we live in right now. God dealt with them differently because they weren't in his household. I'll get irritated with other people's kids way before I get irritated with mine. They ain't in my household. If they don't do what I tell them to do, I'm like, well, that's it. I'm done. (laughs) I think I'm lying. That's why I ain't in children's church. (laughs) I did my time. 
I grew up with my mom as the children's pastor, so anytime anybody didn't show up or was sick or what, Casey, can you make these copies? Can you teach this class? Can you write on the chalkboard? Can you? And I'm like, First John 1 and 5 says, This is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. The amplified, the amplified version adds this to the back of it. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. No, not in any way. Now what I think is great is the word no in that scripture is the word ooh, spelled O-U, it's pronounced ooh. Say it, ooh, ooh, ah, uh, no. The ah is not there, just ooh, just ooh. <laughs> and it means, and it is the strongest negation of that's possible. The very strongest no that could ever be is that word, ooh in the Greek. So we're, <laughs> so if, if we are, if we are reading that, we can read it like this. This, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Ooh, in him there is ooh, darkness of all. No darkness at all. Amen. In him there is no darkness at all. In other words, there's not a possible way to attribute to God the bad things that happen to people unless you disregard scripture. That's why it's so important to constantly remind yourself and if you have children to teach them in the correct way that just because the situation looks bad, we're going back to what scripture says. In him there is no darkness at all. No darkness. The strongest negation, the strongest possible way that you can say the word no is ooh, no darkness. I want you to be at work this week and think, this isn't from God, there's no darkness in him at all. Keep that in your mind. There's no darkness. Stop blaming God. Because we live in a bad world, sometimes bad things happen to good people. There's also that scenario. It is what it is. Bad things happen to good people. I went to a church one time and a lady had come up to me and I, I may have shared this before, but um, it was just so bizarre. A lady came up to me at church and... and um, said that she had just been diagnosed with cancer and that was asking me to pray with her and I'd heard I'd heard somebody else say this and then and it was it worked perfectly in this situation because I had never experienced it but several months before I'd heard somebody else use this so I'm going to tell you what happened this lady came up and said you know that she had cancer and she was wondering if if you know if, if we could pray for her and I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, this is, 
and I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging her with scripture. You know, I'm like, this is nothing for God. I believe that God heals. I believe da 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 da. I believe da 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 da. And and you know, quoting scripture and going through the the, the bit. And she said, she said, well, I just wish I would learn, you know, what God's teaching me, so that this will be over. And I and I I thought, what an oxymoron that you are coming up to receive prayer but you believe that you're in the will of God in sickness. Why would you want to take yourself out of the quote-unquote will of God? It doesn't make any sense. If you believe that God is teaching you something through sickness, you better throw away all the medicine in your house, buddy, because you're not going to be in the will of God if you take your medicine. Don't hear me say that. That was sarcasm. Okay? Okay. If you believe that God is teaching you something through sickness and you take medicine, that causes you in your own belief to be out of the will of God. Why would we want to do that? God uses medicine. He uses doctors. He uses people. Amen? Amen. James 1, 16 and 17 says, Do not err, my beloved brethren, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is, that word again, ooh, no variableness <laughs> or shadow of turning. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights within whom there is Ooh, there's no variableness. The strongest negation, the strongest thing, the strongest no that you can say within there is no variableness. It means he doesn't change. The only thing that he's going to do for you is good and perfect. The only thing that he desires for you is good and perfect. The only thing that he wants for your life is good and perfect. That's the will of God. That's the will of God for your life is good and Perfect. Perfect. Did a good job. Doesn't that sound like 1 John 1, 5? <laughs> there is no variableness. This is the message which we have heard of him and declare to you that God is light and there is no darkness at all. No darkness, no variableness. His will for you is good and perfect. Never again believe that your heavenly father uses sickness to teach you a lesson. Any kind of hardship is not meant to teach you a lesson. He is looking to heal and deliver you and get good things to you. Amen. John 14, 13 says, and whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified. That the Father may be glorified. What is your whatsoever today? What is the whatsoever that you came in with that you don't want to leave with? What's the whatsoever that you've put up with long enough? What's the whatsoever that you've been dealing with that you don't want to do anymore? What's the thing that you want removed in your life? What's the whatsoever that you want removed? 
Think about that for a second. Whether it be sickness, disease, poverty, any attack from the enemy that you're like, you know what? I'm tired of it. I'm tired of living like that. I'm tired of dealing with that junk. I'm tired of accepting that for who I am when I know dang well that's not who I am. What is your whatsoever? God's not teaching you something, I can assure you. Engage your faith today. Engage your faith today. I'm gonna read you a few scriptures and then I'm gonna have our worship team come. Third John 1 and 2 said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That word health there is, says, uh, it, its meaning is to be sound and well in your body. I wish above all things that you be well in your body. Even if you've got a cold, you're not well in your body. I wish above all things, above everything else, God says, I want you to be well in your body. I want you to prosper in everything and be well in your body. Romans 8 and 32 says, he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things. He wants you well in your body and he wants you to prosper and he wants to get you all things. First John fifteen fourteen says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, that he will do it. You have confidence in that. Pastor Ann quotes that scripture all the time. This is the confidence that we have, right? And so when, when, uh, when we pray in confidence, and the, and the scripture just said, according to his will, we just read what God's will was, perfect and good for you. And there's no variableness. There's no changing. Through time and, and generations, there's no changing. God wants good and perfect for you, and he wants you well in your body. That was 1 John 5, 14. 2 Corinthians 5 and 19 says that God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing the trespasses unto them, He's, re he's already reconciled the world unto himself. If, you were, if you're new here this morning, you got a book called God, God Got Even. If you got that book, take it home and read it. God Got Even. He's not mad at you. He got over your sin. He's not punishing you. Amen? 5 and 19. The word reconciling means in that scripture is exchange. God exchanged everything that he had for you. That's how much he loves you. He gave up his own son. 
I love you, but you're not getting any three of my sons. None of them. I promise. If it came down to your life or theirs, bye-bye. Bye, Felicia. Am I cool yet, Hannah? Bye, Felicia. <laughs> I try to keep trendy. That's what the kids are saying. Bye, Felicia. God wants you well. He doesn't want you sick. He loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross, to be buried and to rise again on the third day, according to the scriptures. That's for you.